0: Hello, I'm Katie Hines and welcome back to Jungle Confidential, the male's podcast and your place to hear all of the I'm a Celeb gossip. Last night we saw a bit more of Mike Tyndall. He stays quiet most of the time, but when he speaks, he really makes every word worth it. His latest anecdote, that he did a slut drop in front of his mother-in-law, Princess Anne, he ripped his trousers and exposed his pants, which had the words, nibble my nuts, emblazoned on them. Her Royal Highness retorted, I'd rather not... Today, I have with me 80s pop legend, Sunita, who appeared in the jungle in 2011. She's also a very good friend of Boy George. Hi, Sunita. Morning. Good morning. I'm trying to
1: put on lashes. How do they look? (laughs) Yeah,
0: they look very good. Well, listen, Sunita, you survived without hair and makeup when you were in the jungle back in 2011, didn't you?
1: Only just though, and it was the least of my problems.
0: <laughs> so, 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 so you had you were third to be evicted, so that you were in there for quite some time, weren't you? I felt like I was in there forever. Oh, I'm sure it I, did. It
1: was like, I suppose you have to stay there for a long time before they start voting you out, don't they? I mean, oh my god, I did trials because I have a terrible, terrible bug, spider, rat, snake, everything phobia. And I agreed to do it after years of saying no, because I, someone told me it would probably cure me of my phobia. So, you know, and like, oh, my God, you know, it's like death by baptism. But, it, but if I come out never afraid of anything again, it will be great because it's been the bane of my life. Well, it desensitized me a little bit, um, but now it's full blown back again because I try to watch it. And I've been watching. I've watched them all getting ready and meeting to go and all that part, which I really enjoyed, as soon as the trials started, I can't. I can't watch the trials because it triggers me. I literally am screaming. I'm hiding. I'm sweating, as if I'm there with the bugs. Because just even having the bugs oh, like on camera in your face like that is so horrible, isn't
0: it? Uh, and when you say it triggers you, Sunita, what? How, how does it? How does it make you feel? Like what does it do to you physically and I mentally? I feel
1: like physically, like really, really anxious, as if I'm there doing the trials myself because I've been there, so I remember it and it is real. But also I'm someone that even like, you know, a spider on YouTube, if my son sews me a spider, you know, just the movement, I won't watch movies like arachnophobia. I mean, like, why would I? traumatise yeah. myself even more. So I've been watching the show and I can remember why I stopped watching it because I watched myself back when I was in there. And it was like I had a whole relived experience.
0: You mean you did have to do some pretty awful challenges, didn't you, when you I were there? Mean, I mean, it was
1: it was baptism of fire, yes.
0: And and you really scream. I mean, you really found them difficult and you definitely left the viewers sure that you were petrified in there. I mean, you say oh, that yeah. you went on there to, to try and get rid of these phobias. Did you actually think that was going to work? I did
1: because there's a, a, a course that you can do at, in Regent's Park, which is sort of helps you with spiders, becoming afraid of spiders. And what they do is they have you for a few hours and at the end of it, they manage to get you to hold a giant sort of bird spider, I think they're called,
0: in your palm.
1: So I sort of so I sort of understood that sort of exposure and exposure and exposure, getting to know their names, realizing that they're just creatures, living creatures like us, all of this. So I thought if I was fully immersed, that it would work. And I knew that I wouldn't like it, but I also knew I wouldn't die, it wouldn't kill me. So it's like, you know, you're gonna be like scared out of your life, but you know, you'll come through this and then you'll never be afraid of any of these things again but it did not work. <laughs> I'll tell you what, what did work is if I'm outside and like in the jungle itself, if a spider or something went by me, once I'd been there for a while, I was able to just observe it and look at it and think, well, actually, yes, it's just a spider or whatever going about its business. But inside your house or in the bath or someplace where they shouldn't be, you know, I'm still right back up here, out, you know, because it's, it's in my environment.
0: I mean, you know, every year they get, 10, 12, 14 people signing up to go on I'm a Celebrity. I mean, do you think that they're quite mad to do that?
1: Do you know what? I get it because even though I've done it and it was terrible, I'm so glad I did it because it was an incredible experience. It's almost like, I suppose, people, when they bungee jump, see, that's something else. I would Mm -hmm. never bungee jump because basically what you're playing is Russian roulette with your life. You know, will the rope break or won't it? I mean, I don't need that kind of heart attack to myself, (laughs) The euphoria you feel when you survive is so fantastic. And, and that's how I felt after every trial. I mean, I'd be really, really suffering during it. But then afterwards, you're kind of like, oh, that was incredible. And you start to feel a bit invincible. Mm. So it is sort of addictive. People, adrenaline junkies, will love it. People who like insects and snake, you know, crazy people who like those things will like it. So I, I get it because it is a phenomenal experience. I'd like to say it's something I would do again because the experience was so great. But the flip side of that is because I know there's no smokes and mirrors. It's really real. You really are covered in cockroaches. Snakes and stuff really are on top of you. I don't think I could ever do it again because I know it's real now.
0: <laughs> so, so at what point of this series did you stop watching it? So you gave it a go. Good for you. You decided, right, I'm going to give it a go this year.
1: Especially because I've got friends in there, you know, like Lord George with Scarlett, Beautiful, beautiful Scarlett, who I am obsessed with in here because people are getting to see a totally yeah. different side of her. Oh, did she? So
0: oh, that's brilliant. how
1: I met her years ago. So she was like the baby Sunita. So last night I kept trying to watch because I knew we were going to talk today couldn't watch the, the trials, that
0: poor man. Sunita, you must be the, one of the only people in the country that's just said, said the poor words, man. poor Matt.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. And I mean, it's just because, I mean, it's just, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy to be
0: alone. <laughs> you know what it's like. Yeah. So your friend boy, George, so he's on there yeah. now. He really is one of the ones that we're watching at the moment. I mean, did oh, you yeah. have any idea he was going in? I had no
1: idea and I wouldn't have dreamed that he would do it because you sort of think that he's a man who who sort of likes his comforts and his hair and makeup and everything. But, (laughs) you know, he's actually doing really well in there and he's being really kind and really sweet with everybody.
0: Except for Matt. He's not a fan of Matt's.
1: (sighs) No, he's not a fan of Matt. I mean, you know, what? I mean, Matt knew what he was signing up for because he went in there and he had not only the critters to worry about, but the other celebrities. Mm. So, you know, he's very, very brave and obviously been paid a lot and obviously in for a bit of punishment. I'm obsessed with maybe a little bit in love with mike Tendal, royal family i think i'd be very regal sorry zara but to have your own action man in there with you you know when he dived under that thing in the first trial like just effortlessly and went all under and did this and did that i was like yes yes to mark being in the jungle why wasn't he there when i was there then he lit the fire you know he's just all fearless and down to earth and you know, it's like literally having GI germs.
0: So macho, of course. Would if you have sung that had, to him? You'd be singing I that, would wouldn't you? It to him every day, especially if he promised to
1: never leave my side for the
0: entire duration. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's fit, right? He's really fit, and he's really yeah. funny. He's really he's funny. Good. Last night, he revealed that he once ripped his trousers whilst doing a slut drop in front of I Princess didn't see
1: Anne. That. I- I mean, he really is revealing
0: himself to be very funny, isn't he?
1: Very, very funny. But you know, it doesn't really surprise me because I think Zara's like very cool and she's Mm. Princess Anne's daughter. Mm. You know, they're kind of the, you know, um, not the rebel, not the rebels, but they're the the ones that I I feel like most relatable to over the years. And Zara, there's just something very sexy and cool about her. Mm. And then she goes and bags that man.
0: I mean, you're very jealous of her, aren't you? What do you think, I'm Princess jealous. Anne? What do you think Princess Anne makes of him being in the jungle? I mean, I agree. I uh, what you just said about him being relatable, I completely agree with. And I think what the jungle is doing is making him and the royal family even more relatable. So I think it's yeah. a, a very good thing.
1: Yeah, no, because you get to see sort of behind the curtain, uh, you know, as they say, don't you? And you realise, well, listen, he's been welcomed into the family with big wide open arms you know and he's you know but I guess as well he's a sporting legend hero so they love all that I mean I remember the days when the royal family used to be on it's the knockout so they did used to be sort of jolly and funny and all that kind of stuff so I think he sort of reminds us of those days and you know that they are real people behind it and you realize that they have a really good laugh you can imagine them chuckling away having great fun doing they should do goggle balls oh my god can you You know, see which shows they watch and everything because he makes it seem like life in the family is quite fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, last week he sang Boom Shake the Room and I Size Baby. And I think there you, I think people were like, gosh, is that what they get up to at Sandringham at Christmas? Which would be (sighs) fabulous. So, Boy George, now Boy George, are we seeing the real Boy George?
1: I think we are. I think we're seeing the real Boy George. I mean, I met George years and years ago, about three weeks before his very first single was going to be released. We were in the Embassy Club back in the day, on Old Bond Street. And he was dressed in all his sort of hazy fantasy sort of outfits that we used to wear in those days. And he kind of came over to me and he was kind of saying, oh, you know, I've got a track coming out. And I was like, oh, I've got a track coming out. So, like everybody was kind of a wannabe pop star in those days. But of course, he really had a track. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was really funny because he was sort of somebody that, at that point, was very live and around on the scene. Probably not taken that seriously, if I'm honest, you know, like with the so-called cool people, you know, he, because of the way he dressed and the way he was, and he was a, a fashionista, but he wasn't the kind of leading edge sort of cool set, but was always talking about his music and his music and he's singing and he's got a music coming out, but he never played anybody anything. So there were a few of us that were kind of a bit kind of underestimated, That you know, the wannabe pop stars. But I can remember being so pleased because, you know, within a few weeks, suddenly, do you really want to hurt me? Was massive. Mm-hmm. And it was that crazy guy. And it was so funny because we, we were actually friendly and, and, you know, fine. But it was funny seeing all the people who used to sort of shoo us away suddenly sort of going, oh, hi, George. Hi, George. And suddenly <laughs> everybody
0: to. him. He, I mean, he is coming across as a little bit bitchy, a little bit of a diva. Is that your experience of him? Well, I mean...
1: I mean, he is, he is a diva. He is a diva. I mean, I think people forget that he was a real huge, huge, huge superstar, you know, and the first of his kind, you know, before RuPaul and, you know, all the sort of drag race superstars and, you know, that we're sort of worshipping now. He was the first, the original and, and I think the best because he was totally self-made and not really influenced by by anyone else. You know, but he was on the cover of Vogue, you know, and and, and all those things and a whole makeup revolution sort of happened around him. So I kind of feel like he's a deserved, deserved diva. He does still have a bit of that 80s acerbic tongue because that was what it was like in those days. Everybody was bitchy and almost you were, you know, you know. that's the same era Simon comes out of, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. <thought> <laughs> <in those>
1: days.
0: <laughs> How do you think Boy George survives without hair and makeup help?
1: Do you know what? Because he's got hair, he's got all that fabulous grey hair and he's got beautiful eyes. I mean, I think he's kind of... Embracing it and showing us that he has this other gorgeous side. Does he have permanent?
0: It looks something. like he does, doesn't it? It does yeah, look there's like
1: something going on because
0: I'm thinking, well, you
1: know what? Surely you don't just wake up like that in the
0: morning. Right? He does look good, doesn't he? He looks amazing uh, for 61. I thought
1: really amazing. he Looks amazing. He does look amazing. He looks great for his age, but he's also definitely rocking some kind of permanent makeup, eyelashes, are mm. dye, and he's rocking it. He looks great. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. I, I mean, I, I was like, I couldn't believe when I realised he was 61. I was like, wow. Really? Yeah. Are you surprised that he went into the jungle? I
1: suppose I'm surprised because, like I said, I think of George as one of the sort of superstar divas that you never sort of saw without their makeup on, you know, more sort of old school because that's what it was like in those days. You never showed behind the mask. Yeah, but I'm really impressed. And um, I I was surprised as well that he chose Scarlett to be his VIP partner because I thought, sure, he'd go for Owen. I mean, there was Owen there (laughs) with all his gorgeous splendor and availability, and vulnerability, and George Bull went, oh, to so, Scarlet, which
0: I did love, but I didn't expect. No, I mean, Owen is my favourite. Owen, I just love Owen. I think he's hilarious. I think he looks amazing. Him? I know, I know.
1: I want to cook for him. I want to do everything for
0: him. <laughs> well, within reason, Sunita, within reason. <laughs> so I was surprised you picked Scarlet too. His customising of his outfits, I mean, I think that's the first time it's happened, hasn't it? ever since I'm a celebrity. I mean, do you think that's something he's doing to be a bit of a rebel?
1: I think he's a child of the 80s. I mean, again, this is, this is, I think this is really authentic. This is what we did. You know, in those days before fame and, and money, you know, we didn't have money. So everybody kind of shopped out of the same army surplus shop in Covent Garden <laughs> and you sort of bought the same T-shirts and stuff, but it was the customization of those things that, and making them individual, which is how we we showed our individuality mm. and we expressed ourselves. We didn't have money, you know, and there was certainly no designer things. So I think again, you know, if you're going to be given a uniform, you can't give the child of the '80s <laughs> a uniform expect them to just wear it like everybody else.
0: That's not going to happen. <laughs> and he hasn't, has he? I mean, what do you think the chances of him being the the king of the jungle are?
1: I think that George does stand a really good chance because he's hilarious. Like last night, he was calling, he kept calling Matt her. He said something like, "Oh, you know, watch her. She's going to turn any minute now. The yeah. one's going to turn." And it was all of them. And I just love that because again, you know, it's probably that 80s humor that I found mm-hmm. up with back in the day you can't be more irreverent or kind of dismissive and rude. So I find that hilarious.
0: No, no, I agree. And and also he made that, I mean, he's very quick, isn't he? He's very quick-witted. Yes. I think when yes. um, when Matt Hancock was made leader of the camp, Boy George said something like, I'm not going to be told what to do by Tory or something like that. He's very, I mean, he, yes. he, he clearly has a real problem with Matt Hancock, doesn't he? Oh, yeah,
1: he's very political. He's very political, but he is, well, it's just hilarious. He said, you know, she's, she's really taking it all too far. You know, she really thinks she's king of the jungle or whatever. Well, I'm not peeling the potatoes or whatever. (laughs) But I just the the fact that Matt will be forever she while while he's in the jungle is just hysterical.
0: That could offend some people, couldn't it, of course? You know, calling a man a she. Do you think he cares? I mean, he doesn't seem to care who he offends, does he?
1: No, I mean, he is... I think he's not part of that PC world that we've all had to learn to be a part of so it really is as if he's stepped right out of the 80s and all he's done is take his 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 wig off or his hair off and and his makeup and he's but he's still very much that person but i i love that because like i said it's the humor that i sort of understand probably best and grew up with but i am kind of wincing a bit as well thinking oh my gosh like i hope he doesn't end up cancelled or people sort of not getting his humor and it going the wrong way for him Because like you said, it can go that way. And I think particularly the younger generation and people who are gender- pronoun sensitive and things like that might take it personally but i know where he's coming from with it and it's not even that deep i mean he does seem
0: to be getting away with it doesn't he i mean you do wonder if the younger viewers might be offended but i'm sure the older viewers will probably see it as a bit of a breath of fresh air and actually probably really quite like him for it and of course he's talking about matt and it feels like everyone's allowed to be as mean as they want to matt
1: i can't believe that as well though because you sort of think gosh you know, if it was anybody else, this would be like a nation bullying, you know, someone. <laughs> but the nation seems to be getting away with it. And literally, even Little Ant and Dick, <laughs> <laughs> they,
0: they are loving they're it. The referees, they're the referees. <laughs> and it's just like, wow, is this really happening? Do you think that Boy George's feelings towards Matt Hancock are clearly due to his politics? I mean, he's a big lefty, right?
1: Yes. Yes. I guess when it's politics you're allowed to to show your feelings and your your opposition and your animosity if it was personal I guess it would be different and I think so long as it doesn't get personal I think he'll be able to continue to get away with it um I suppose what they really need is is someone who's pro Matt to at least level the playing field a Mm. bit
0: yeah. Yeah, although pro, 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 pro politically, you know. He does seem to be winning over his colleague, you know, his co-stars who perhaps were very surprised to see him. He does, he does seem to have a personality that people are warming to.
1: Yeah, I mean, the bits I saw of him, I couldn't really watch the snake pit thing, but I I did sort of feel like I liked the way he was handling himself. You know, he's he seems that kind of proper what I call the uh, the English kind of stiff upper lip you know stick your finger out get on with it you know or roll your sleeves up you know he's that kind of chap which I think people will appreciate you know he didn't sort of wimp out did he
0: no he didn't I mean he's he's I think that's why he's not been voted for and to do anymore because he just does it he gets on with it there's no histrionics yeah. is there he just goes okay me again yeah. trots off comes back says I've won yeah. however many stars and, and they all say yay well done and, and that's say, it yeah,
1: yeah so I think once the public aren't able to actually torture him they're gonna have to just get to know him and mm. um and, and maybe he'll be okay but yeah he and he and George are probably gonna be the uh, the friction yeah.
0: Boy George is doing a challenge tonight. He's doing the trial tonight isn't he so oh maybe gosh. you won't want to watch that so it might trigger you. Oh. Can you foresee a situation whereby the final comes down to Boy George and Matt Hancock.
1: Oh, my God. I would love that. Oh, my God. And them bonding, them becoming like this (laughs) romance and kind of getting each other through it and singing songs together. Oh, my God, I'm there for that.
0: Imagine Matt Hancock singing Come a Chameleon with Boy George. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? I
1: think think he would, though. (laughs) Because you're stripped of everything and you're in this sort of weird survival mode, you do become almost childlike in there after a while and that's what i was sort of spotting you sort of think well you could imagine him as a little boy you know in the boy scouts just being that guy oh who, i bet know, he I'll, do, I'll do it, sir. I'll do it. And, <laughs> yeah. you know getting on with it and being sort of quite a good egg kind of thing but i would love that although i do want scarlet but i would mm. love that
0: i mean do you forget that you're being filmed when you're in there do you just do, does the whole camera thing just go you just pretend it's not there and get on with it
1: Eventually, At first, you're not aware because you're so terrified of everything. So you're not initially aware. And then you become aware. As you start to settle, you become aware. and You start to think, oh, what do I look like? How am I coming across? For me, it was a disaster. I thought I was going to be in bikinis and in waterfall trying to look gorgeous. For Simon. Instead, I had every article of clothing they gave me on and tucked in to keep the bugs out. So I just looked ridiculous and I was sweating profusely because I had all the clothes on. But then I think once you cross over, once you've done the trials and you've been washed and you've been in the river and you start to just think about, you know, the days are long because when you're not actually doing trials, you're just in there surviving. And if someone's not being entertaining or saying let's play a game or do this, and you're tired because they sleep deprive you, I don't know if you know this, you're kind of up in the middle of the night. You have no idea what time of day or night it is really. So you're either sleeping or trying not to sleep, and just kind of trying to get through it because it can get
0: boring and there's something's going on. And when you say they sleep deprive you, what do they do to sleep deprive you?
1: Like, for example, like I said, I'd have all my clothes on and I'd get into the sleeping bag and zip it up because that was the only way I'd sleep, knowing nothing could get to me. But it would almost... See, and you you must sleep. They may have changed it now, but my time, you had to sleep with your microphone and your earphones in so that the... Not big brother, the person can talk to you all the time. So... I would get into bed, which would take me ages to sort of finally get in and get settled, go to the loo. And then they would suddenly be like, oh, Sunita to the Bush telegram. And you think, oh no. And then you've got to get all out and then it's dark and there's no lights on and you've got to try and make your way there and you're all scared again and to go in there for a chat. But they keep doing things like that to you, like messing with you.
0: Oh, God. I mean, it does sound absolutely horrendous. I know it works for people. It reignites people's careers. And obviously it can be very lucrative. But it really doesn't sound like it's worth it to me.
1: (laughs) I think that I found it hard. But like I said, I really enjoyed it. It, Bizarrely, in the end, I think of it as a, a positive experience. And... And I loved it, and I'm so glad I,
0: I did it. Thank you so much, Sunita, for your time. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I'm Katie Hind and that was Jungle Confidential, the Mail's daily podcast about all things I'm a celebrity. Find us at dailymail.co.uk slash Confidential, Mail Plus, or wherever you subscribe to get your podcasts from. Join us every day for insiders, mail experts, former winners, celebrities, and insider info you won't hear anywhere else.